So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. And we have an issue that I wanted to cover this article about real estate. Like that's something that people keep and I keep seeing it and I and I get it. They use it as a form of clickbait, right? Where it's uh, if we put this out, you know, people are going to watch our videos and stuff like that. So they keep calling for a real estate crash. The market's going to crash. The real estate market is going to crash, blah, blah, blah. So we've said it before and we've said, you know, exactly why we don't see it crashing is because we have a very low amount of inventory and a very high demand. So this article is um, it talks about the U.S. housing supply gap in 2021. So the gap between single-family home constructions and household formations grew from 3.8 uh, 3.84 million homes at the beginning of 2019 to 5.8 million homes at the end of 2021. Okay, so explain that real quick. So the exactly numbers. So the difference is that household formations is pretty much people that are coming into the market to buy houses. So families, people getting married. Families growing, people having kids, people moving out of their parents' house. So it's people that are going to be coming into the market to buy homes. So that rose tremendously. So it went from That's we had buyers entering the, entering the market, pretty much exactly. Okay, so which drives down supply exactly. So and we had a supply in 2019 of we well we were undersupplied by 3.84 million homes. And then in 2020, when it grew to 5 million. Yeah, the five. supply shortage grew to 5.8 million homes. It grew by 2 million homes. Exactly. Okay. So that's that means that we have less homes than we need. We have yeah. 5.8 million homes less than what we need, right? So at the five-year average rate of house uh, housing starts and household formation, the gap would only widen. Assuming household formation continues at its current five-year average, the average rate of home completion would have to triple to close the gap in home completions and household formations in five to six years. Yeah. So the rate that they're building houses has to triple and it will still take five to six years before we close that gap if everything keeps at its current pace. So, I mean, that alone is already insane because we see that- I mean, that it, is a good thing. Hasn't that, that is a good thing. Uh, for the real estate market as far as having a floor of how far it can drop. Because we are short all these people. But it would look, take, look at it this way. In recessions, do divorces increase or decrease? They increase. Which means families separating. Yeah. Now, do people in a recession decide, do marriages increase or decrease? 
assume they decrease. Exactly. That's household formations slowing down. Do people have less or kids? Doubling. Or doubling. I was like, because now you have the husband and the wife looking for a home. Oh, they move. Yeah, they might move to an apartment or move in with a family member or whatever, but it's not the household well, you, formation kind of thing. Usually they don't move in with family members unless they really have to. But most people that they've been living on their own, they're going to find another place to live on their own. But then they can't afford, uh, they don't have two incomes anymore and they can't afford something. And if they're no housing, they have to. Oh, the, the, my, my point is, is like, yes, we look at the stats, then that's great. Mm -hmm. But in a recession, those numbers drastically drop because it's looking at if everything was fine the way it is now and everything's going the way it is, it's going to continue to increase. I remember watching things talking about 2020. Oh, it's going to be a great year for real estate. Everything's going to be awesome. It's going to be fine until this one thing happened and it, everything fell. I mean, the economy went into turmoil. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, everything's rosy looking into the future. But well, divorce, I'm not, divorces I, I am not saying that People any of these kids. I'm not saying that any of these numbers are rosy. To me, yeah. this is a problem. Like this is not, you know, a my, good thing. My biggest problem is like when you see prices increasing like this and you see these shortages and you see like it brings in politicians to create laws around it because it created such a problem for the masses that that forces politicians to do something. Mm -hmm. So when you see real estate prices increasing at 20% for the past two years in a row, like that can't continue. And that will bring some form of legislation in there to try to solve that problem. And with these massive shortages, they're like, okay, what can we do to help solve the problem? And it's like, well, anytime you step into things, it causes more issues. The reason they're so short in housing is like it takes a goddamn long to build a house. Because I was just talking to an inspector yesterday at one of our new builds. He's like, they're undersupplied by 15 inspectors. They're bringing in their strike forces. There's no longer trying to find people and violating permits. They're helping them just do inspections at new construction, just trying to get inventory onto the market. My goodness. And it's like, because of those delays, like if they need to deregulate so those is things, is that a message out to bad flippers who start doing shady shit on the weekends? <laughs> well, people still can report you, <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. So that is, but those are all concerns of like, what is it going to do? Like, I know that the houses cannot keep increasing at the rate they're increasing at for much longer. Before it's like people can't afford it. Like rents mm -hmm. alone up thirteen percent this last month. Uh, housing prices up sixteen percent. I think we're at like twenty-two months of double-digit appreciation year over year in the median sales price. Like, plus, it's it not double-digit. Like it, it just hit barely hit ten percent. Like it's at sixteen percent. Like yeah, it, I don't it's remember what the average. Past. I don't remember what the twelve-year, the twelve-month average is, but yeah, it's well into double digits. It's insane. And it's like it can't continue to increase like this because eventually people will not be able to afford it. And if you move into a recession. And people aren't getting the increases, economies aren't expanding, and, ri and wages aren't rising anymore. Right. That will put pressure on the housing market to be like, yeah, we're short all these homes, but nobody can afford them. So that well, especially will when you have supply chain issues that you have plywood at freaking sixty dollars a sheet, you're trying to build a home, like your build costs just went through the roof now. Yeah. You Unless know? they come in and they just pump more money into it and drive prices down well, further and so, give out more stimulus. But that's, I think what they're trying like on a globe, like, yeah, that would work for the U S but globally. Would it though? I mean, that that's kind of like, uh, well, it creates, I mean, I don't know. They could dump more money <laughs> at it to see if the supply chain issue is fixed by new businesses filling in the gaps by making credit available. Like saying like, Hey, by just you paying have, them you to have, do it. You have new loans available for these types of businesses that help supply chain issues. Yeah. But the problem is, we're at full employment again. Where are these new workers going to come from to create these new businesses? Because they have to eliminate old, uh, what do they call them, zombie companies. Yeah. That is like, they're just so bloated with debt and cash. Like they don't make money. They actually lose a little bit of money, but they can have access to so much credit that they can keep going. 
It's like you need some of those those companies to fail to put labor into the market because that's also the problem. Like you can create new loans for products, but you have to exclude the bad ones that they're like, yeah, okay. Uh, you don't qualify for loans anymore because, or these cheap loans, because you're, you're just not good and we need to let you fail because then that could supply all these new employers or employees to go start new businesses. Right. But when you dump so much money into the economy, make credit so easily available that allows these bad companies, these bad actors, you hear them all the time of like these companies raising hundreds of million dollars for something. You're like, what? Mm hmm. Well, we, we talked about this. Uh, I don't even remember which episode, but we talked about SPACs, right? Yeah, what, uh, which is was... what it's pretty much allowing companies that should not be going pretty public, going public under these SPACs. And it's like they don't even have a product that they're selling. Like they're selling the promise of a product at some point. That's like that. It's extremely weak reasoning to make a company public. Yeah, and to, uh, it's terrible. Uh, one of those po podcasts I was telling you to listen to, and he's like, that's how you know you were like kind of getting into like bubble terry when mm -hmm. it comes to SPACs. When somebody created a, a SPAC called Tesla. Yeah. Spelled uh. differently, something like that, but he rode the curtails of Tesla people. Nikola. Like, that's what it was. It was his first name. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, yeah, it was Nikola. So people like Nikola, Nikola Tesla. That yep. was like Tesla. All right, let's do it. And uh, he raised Buku's amount of money off this SPAC just Buku's? because of the name. And yeah. everyone saw like all these people getting rich off of Tesla, watching the Tesla stock go up and up and up. And all these people talking about, oh, look at all this money I'm making in Tesla. And they're like, well, I'm looking for that next big thing. And this Nikola thing, maybe that's a part of Tesla. And then he just made tons of money off of a SPAC that's like, this thing was worthless. And then it crashed and all kinds Everybody of else got left holding the bag. Yeah. So let's get back to the article, though, because it continues. It says builders, accelerated production, supply chain issues, limit uh, completions. So in 2021, 1.1 million homes were started, which is 13.4% more than in 2020. Uh, home starts per thousand households increase uh, sizably in 2021 from 7.9 in 2020 to 8.9 in 2021, indicating acceleration. The gap between houses, housing starts and completion reached 16.1% more uh, starts than completion. The recent high due to supply chain issues. So that that is what we were talking about. They're they're starting a lot of homes, but they're not finishing them because they're real. When they're starting, the prices are going up so much. They went up so much that's like we can't finish them because we're severely over budget now. You know, and, and not everybody that's doing these homes are sitting on, you know, millions. They're borrowing money just like everybody else is. So when plywood just goes up from freaking $20 to $60 in a matter of months, it's like that's a massive jump in lumber prices. You know, and when you're building houses, lumber is a big part of that, that, that the build. So it continues that. Um, let's see. Doo -doo -doo. The, the gap between housing uh, did that. And okay, so a decreased proportion of affordable homes, and this is what you were talking to, are being built and sold in 2021 compared to 2018 through 2020. Only 25% of new homes were sold for less than $300,000 in 2021, down from 42% in 2018. So that's a huge drop from 42% of homes being sold under 300,000 to down to 25%. It's what we were talking about. They can't build affordable housing. You know, like that's, that's just a massive issue. 